0: Hi there, I'm Rebecca Lowe. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. At the end, mm-hmm. Tottenham couldn't get it down <clears throat> against ten-man Southampton. Are you surprised that Conte and his men couldn't find a way?
1: Yes,
2: I am surprised. Um, an offside that we will look at that was super tight um, for Harry Kane scoring there. Um, but full, full credit to Southampton. That's four points against mm. West Ham two days ago, and then Spurs today he made six changes. Yep. Hasn't hurt us. We really did uh, trust the squad players to go in there. If there's one thing about this Spurs team, I think we've seen it with previous managers against a low block. The, the deep defending side. I don't know whether there's quite enough creative midfield players to try and find a way through. A lot of crosses in there, a few balls over the top that were pretty good. But I think that for for this Spurs team is tough to find a way through. But again, four marks to Southampton.
0: We talked before the game about Delhi Alley. Yeah, we said that it yeah. looked like maybe mm. he's playing enough to stay around in January. And then today he was hooked and he didn't look didn't have a good game. No, he, he
3: didn't influence the game. Didn't make many of those runs um looked. Spurs looked a bit better when Lucas came on and Lucas' son with Kane. All of a sudden, you're thinking that might work. But as Robbie said, it was like the more the game went on, actually, the least likely Spurs looked like they were going to score. It looked like Southampton had them and and they had the, the, the eight men sitting behind the ball and making it difficult. And, you know, Spurs couldn't really break them down.
0: Norwich. Mm. Defeat at home to Crystal Palace. Yeah. It looks now, when you see these results mm. coming in for Dean Smith's men, that it's kind of back to the Daniel Farker, Norwich.
3: Absolutely, I think it's fourteen games now. We're back in the last five matches they've conceded, lost all five. Um, today's team, I've got to say, uh, in terms of real Premier League quality, is as poor as I've seen. No, no Premier League. In the League, whole of the Premier the League of, history. In the whole of Premier League history, that, that's one of the poorest teams I, I, I've seen that Norwich put out today. Now I don't know who. People were rested, people, you know, on the bench. But in their position, they need to be going for everything. And they look, as you say, they look a sad team today. And and, and Palace did well to to get the victory.
0: Benteke came off the bench, had a goal disallowed Mm. for offside. Beteta scored. Odds and Edouard scored. Have they found a little partnership there?
3: You would hope so. Patrick wasn't there today, but he would have liked that, that your two centre-forward score, that they keep a clean sheet. There was no Wilf, there was no Connor Gallagher. So we talked about the the, 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 the dangers that they had going into this game. So that'll be pleasing, and that's what they need. They just need some regular goals from the center forwards who can get them double figures. If they get that, Rebecca, they'll be well clear with the football they play.
0: Watford won West Ham four, and the Hammers went behind to a goal from Emmanuel Dennis, who's had a really good mm. season, Robbie. Yep. Um, but under Claudio Ranieri... It's not going the way the owners wanted to. Well,
2: no, they made the change a long time ago. And and at the time, I thought it was kind of like, wow, like they didn't get much of a a, a chance. Munoz, wasn't it, the the manager that was fired? Um, I think we might have joked, is Ranieri going to last that long if things don't go well for them? Understand they've had a difficult run of results where it's tough to win some of those games. But now it's like, well, okay, we need to see something. Where they are right now, perilous to relegation zone. It wouldn't be surprising, well...
3: I almost know they've been looking for the next guy.
0: Even now? Right yeah, now? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely.
3: Watford next at home, by the way. So that's not... Not even, Watford. I mean, it's Tottenham... Tottenham it's next home, at home.
0: Tottenham next, next yeah.
2: Getting thumped at home is, is an awful look. It's bad for the manager. It's bad for the football club. I don't know how long they're going to stick with Claudio Ranieri. It seems crazy to say it, but I think we two know that. Two
3: wins in ten, isn't it? Two, uh, two wins, eight defeats in ten games now. I mean, yeah. if you weren't he was, no tomorrow, sheets. He well, was the, fired. Absolutely no surprise no, no surprise
0: but where do they go? They can't keep firing managers and getting new managers and just to try and survive, or can Who's they?
2: Who's the guy they did stick with for a while? Javier... Javier Gracia. Gracia. Gracia.
0: Get him back? Gracia. Yeah, get him back.
3: <laughs> I mean, anything could happen I don't know the, the, Sanchez but, Flores I don't know I mean, I mean this, yeah, this but, club anything can happen by the time we come back for the later game don't be surprised if we're hearing some. it's
2: part. just a shame as well because there's some good players yeah, there's some good attacking score, players goal, the way they, they score the goal won. today just can't put it all together
0: at once and they're not the relegation zone. they're two points outside of it yeah. with Burnley, and Newcastle and Norwich below them so we shall see Now, it is the halfway stage in the season for some clubs, not for everybody, Mm -hmm. especially Burnley, who've only played 15 games, but... We always like to take a moment, chaps, don't we? And Mm -hmm. have a little look back at that first half. And we've asked you to both pick your team of the season so far. Robbie Earl and Robbie Mustove. But first of all, we're going to have a look at yours, Robbie, and then Mm. compare it to your friends. We can just
3: go quickly. So Ramsdale, Rebecca, breathtaking saves, speak for themselves. Cancelo, unique, can run a game from left-back. Trent Alexander, Arnold, back to his best. Rudiger, I think, has been the real steady, consistent performer for Chelsea. And Diaz for for Manchester City, best defence in the league. Midfield, Rice picks himself, uh, as does Conor Gallagher. Bernardo Silva's been the difference maker for Man City in a team that is often about the team more than the the individuals. Salah, 15 goals, 9 assists, got to be in Jota. Bought something different to Liverpool, 10 Premier League goals. And youngmans son, I think, has been the player for Spurs, who's kept them going. And when Harry Kane was struggling out of form and out of focus, Sonny's been given the goals.
0: OK, let's change it on to yours, Robbie Mosto. Talk us through hmm. what's different about yours. Well,
2: yeah, I've got some different defenders and some different forwards. Um, totally agree with what Rob says about the players, of course, that are the same. Um, I think they're automatic, really, the fullbacks. Maybe Reese James I did think about at right-back, but Alexander-Arnold's creativity is so strong. Centre-back's different, Rebecca. Thiago Silva, 37 years of age, just one yellow card this this season so far. Passes, intercepts, he's constantly organising, a real leader for Chelsea back there. So I just think he's maybe a little more... Uh, under the radar than a Rudiger, I like what Silva's done, particularly with his experience uh, centre back there. Max Kilman wanted to pick somebody a little bit different. Didn't want to go with the the, the the best teams and the city defenders that don't really have to defend because they have the ball all the time. Max Kilman, really strong part of the Wolves' defence, which is the third strongest in the Premier League. Wanted to pick out somebody different. He's got a goal, important goal for Wolves. Um, we know he's very, very good with his feet. He's a former futsal player. So Max Kilman in there for Wolverhampton Wanderers, and my front line looks different. Mason Mount on the left-hand side. I just think in different roles, different positions. Four goals, uh, seven goals, four assists. um, Was really missed when he was injured. Just a very versatile, effective, improving player for Chelsea. And Emmanuel Dennis, Rebecca Lowe. That that may be the one that that, that people are a little like, well, who's this guy? Well, this guy has got eight Premier League goals, five assists. Only Mo Salah's got more goal involvement this season. We saw him score today, remembering that he's new to this league. He's in a struggling side, and he's had different managers. What he's doing as a striker at Watford is pretty remarkable.
0: So There you go. So, well did you pick Kilman and Dennis because you would pick those as the two best defenders no. and striker in the league? So, Well, the whole point of the thing no, is not. the best, not the point. It's best not the defender, point. defender. No, it's not the point.
2: No, it's how well they've done. Okay. The best team, we're going to look to City and Liverpool.
3: It's going to be their team. This is, Not we, we, really. We, we want the, the, we want the, the best players. season.
2: So all the other teams and all the other players, players don't get a
3: chance to win in. Kinsella, how many other City players? Because City is about the team. It's not about necessarily I know, agreed. And so it's sometimes hard to pick a City player and you, and you feel you have to. But I wouldn't pick, I wouldn't probably pick Emmanuel Dennis in my best,
2: you know, because there's others out there. 11. Yeah, I just think what they've done up to this point... Mm. They deserve a mention and a spot in my team. We
0: like it, we like it. I want to talk about the goalkeeper, Aaron Ramsdale. You both went for him. Yeah. I mean, if I'd said to you four months ago, when he was the number two at Arsenal, having Mm -hmm. just joined for a lot of money, that he would be your goalkeeper of the season so far, both of your
3: I would have said, you are crazy, Lady Lowe. You say a lot. His his, Mm. his, his, his (laughs) saves have been outstanding. His personality has been important. He's shown more drive and commitment and, 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 and he's proven to be a better goalkeeper than I thought and it's been a great bit of business Rebecca
0: I mean it's a big deal being goalkeeper really in Arsenal Football mm. Club. It really is
2: and he's taken it so well. Mm. Maybe good early performances helped with his confidence yeah. I think it helps with the confidence of his defenders. Now he's it's a, it's a new goalkeeper a new back four for Arsenal this season and I, he has surprised me with his, some of his athletic saves where he's made saves where are like wow how did he get to that? So he's done really really well. A
3: special mention as well for, for Conor Gallagher Rebecca. Mm. On loan from Chelsea was at West Bromwich Albion last season. The only online player in there, young kid, uh, still at Chelsea's academy. What a first half to the season he's had.
0: Yeah, and He didn't play today, though, didn't, did, no. did he? But Crystal Palace didn't mm. need him, beating Norwich by three goals to nil. Right, manager of the season mm. so far. Robbie Moster, you get to go first on this mm. one. We saw it on the graphic, it is.
2: It's Pep Guardiola. Now, again, I, I'm, I'm looking at all the other teams and how they've done compared to what you might expect. I'd still go back to Pep for, for several reasons. Um, main reason being. The six points clear. We talked about there's no strike at the football club. No Aguero. Jesus isn't playing there. We thought that could be a problem. No problem. We also continue to see the rotations. Every player of that club is happy because they're part of the first team football. And they're still the team that looks, to me, to win games the easiest. And that maybe gives you a clue to who might be the strongest at the end of the season. Mm. But Pep, with his entertaining style, the rotations... Um, the consistency of the performance and the fact that the the game plan is is so set, no matter which first-team player of the 25
3: that they've got comes in, it's so grooved.
0: Rob, who have you gone for?
3: I was, obviously, a pep came into my thinking, um, but I kind of thought halfway in the season if Manchester are top of the league is probably where I expected them to be. I looked at David Moyes, their fifth, Rebecca, thought he's had a great season with Europe, but I had to go for Mikel Arteta. First three games of the season, no no points. No goals, nine goals against, all kinds of questions being asked. Chuck in the Aubameyang situation that he's had to deal with. Go with the young players. Be sitting fourth in the table, ahead of Spurs, ahead of Manchester United. Mikel Arteta has had an outstanding first half of the season.
0: And comfortably fourth as well. There's a Mm, four-point gap between them Mm. and West Ham in fifth. Okay, we like to do, I think you do it on your podcast every week, and we're doing it now as a half-season marker for the most underappreciated player in the Premier League. Uh, Robbie L, you're first.
3: I'm going to go for James Wood Prowse, Rebecca. He scored today. Um, I think he's now one of the fourth in the list of players who scored 10 penalty kicks and scored 10 direct free kicks out from outside the box. Just an academy player who's come through, who's a manager's dream, who's captain of a football club that doesn't get highlights. He's not big six, he's not big news, but continues to deliver for you week in, week out. He's the kind of player who will not really get the headlines. James Wood Prowse has been outstanding. Here you go. I'm going for Bernardo Silva. Um, similarly, not, not a flashy
2: type of player, not a big-time player, not, not a, you know, a player that, that a lot of fans um, flock to in terms of social media and everything else. He's got seven goals this year, Premier League goals. The top scorer for the football club right now. A player that, can again, can play in different spots, either side, high, high front three or in the midfield positions. Um, I just think Bernardo Silva is such a good footballer that it gets a little bit of unnoticed with some of the other bigger names at the club.
0: Not Max Kilman. <laughs> second, best. second best. Okay. Okay, now this is simple. This is simple. Player of the season so far.
2: And I think it's simple. It's got to be Mo Salah. 50 what is it? 15 goals, nine assists in 18 appearances. 15 goals in 18. Mm. Still consistent, still reliable scorer, still hungry, still wants to play in every single game. There's talk about him being, you know, arguably the best player in the world right now. Yes. So he has to be the player of
0: the season so far. And is he the best player in the world right now?
2: I think he is, yeah. Just looking around, we can't see everything. I mean, Lewandowski and a few other great players at other clubs, at big clubs, but I think Mo Salah's consistency and some of the goals he scores, pretty special, yeah.
0: Player of the season so far? Salah's
3: been great, Rebecca, and I can't argue with that. But on down the Robbie Muster roll, a player who maybe not everybody would have seen, Declan Rice. Played for England, played all the games in the Euros, played every game for, for, for West Ham. 22 years of age, captains of football club, added to his games with some gold and some forward threat. Just a dream player to have. Continues to play at West Ham and not be turned by supposedly bigger clubs. Um, durable, plays every week. Future England captain, best English player in the Premier League.
0: Hasn't had his head turned yet.
3: Hasn't had his head turned M- will it, yet.
0: Will it be turned?
3: At some point, yes, because he'll deserve that, that opportunity.
0: And that could be next summer or this
3: summer? I think this summer. Because
0: he's got one year will. left one after year left. summer. Makes sense.
2: Probably going to... Sorry, well, that Unfortunately, a yeah. That's, they've got to try and get some money for him if he's going to leave.
0: OK. Um, the relegation picture, we're giving mm. you a second chance. We like to do this because we're very fair <laughs>
3: on this show. <laughs>
0: now you've seen half the season, mm. who are you now going for for relegation?
3: Um, <clears throat> well, not much has changed, although... I did do this before yesterday. So my bottom three are Norwich, Watford, Newcastle.
0: Ooh, you're sending Newcastle down. I put down. Newcastle
3: down based on I thought they'd get beat by Manchester United. They'll have 19 games to go. Will they be enough wins in 19 games to keep them in the league? I still think it's going to be tight, a Really, but really especially tight. Especially
0: without Wilson and St
3: I know we've got the January window, but they're up against it still. So I'm, I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to say Newcastle. So as
0: of now, you've got Burnley surviving?
3: I think Burnley will side know-how. I think know-how, style of play, games yeah. in hand. I think they'll All they'll right, be so it. you're
0: going Watford, Newcastle, Norwich, Robbie yeah. Well, I
2: don't think they're going to be okay. And that's my one change. The start of the season i had Southampton being relegated along with Norwich and Watford. I'm going to stick with those two picks but I'm going to switch out Southampton. Done some good work, some good transfer window work. Rogers looks really, really good. And Burnley. The last in old Shundai. school team in, in Seoul, the league. The last old trust. school grind away through. Others try and play Maybe to their detriment, but I think this is it for Burnley. I think there's not enough goals in the side. Cornet has come in and done well. He's injured right now. Chris Wood's got two or three. I just think that old-school mentality and, and philosophy is going to struggle to get the goals don't to stay
3: in the league. Old school, well, man. Don't the old-school,
0: So you've got Watford going down. How many managerial changes will happen between now and the end of the season <laughs> Watford. just for Watford?
3: They'll have one more goal.
0: Talking of four, the top four. Now you get a chance to tell us who you're going Mm. with in May, May 22nd. Who will be there? Top four. Just the top four. Okay, so
2: top four is the same as I said at the start of the season. Um, The main contentious point maybe is Manchester United. I do think they're going to make the top four after even what we've seen. And we know that Spurs are are on a charge now. We know that Arteta's job is brilliant Mm. at Arsenal and they're in the spot right now. Mm. I just don't feel... There's longevity in Arsenal in that position. And Spurs are still like today. I still think they're figuring it out. And, and United have got so many good players. I know it was, a, it was a tough watch yesterday, but I think the manager, given time, will find a way to produce a team that does finish fourth.
0: So what's the order? United in fourth? Um,
2: then Chelsea, then Liverpool, then Manchester City.
3: So, so that's so a big changed. change for me. That's a big change for me. You went with Chelsea to I win thought the Chelsea, league. yeah.
0: OK, but you're going with City. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you started the season with City to win the league and now your top four looks like what?
3: As you were. City, Liverpool... Chelsea, Manchester United. You also
0: think United, they're seven points away from that top four as things stand today. That's a lot.
3: But to improve, to play most of those teams, to get better under Ragnick, and knowing that changes are coming, structure outside the football club... I still think, Rebecca, there's enough time. I said it at day one that that would be the top four, and I'm pretty much happy to stay If with he it. gets
0: them top four, yeah. does he get the job,
3: do you think? No, he shouldn't do. His top four is what he's been brought in to do. Then needs to be a consultant and then get somebody in to build this football club in the manner that it needs to be built. I, whether he gets fourth or not, I don't think that should be an overriding factor of him getting the job.
0: OK, so as we look ahead to the second half of the season, mm. what is the storyline that you are most interested in keeping your eye on, Robbie Earle? The
3: storyline that has to be, Rebecca, and, and more so after yesterday's game at St. James's Park, when you see 50,000 fans get behind the team and, and Newcastle play as they are, it's in Newcastle United So, What's going to happen? We're all saying wealthy ownership, Eddie Howe's in charge, you know, J- January window where they can spend some money and bring in, in some quality. Talked about Wilson and St. Maximum with injuries, what that looks like. Just... Are Newcastle going to be good enough or are they going to be the richest team ever in the world in the championship?
2: Well, interesting. Um, and I'm kind of repeating a little bit. I think the, the, the biggest story is Manchester United. And given their second place finish last season and given spending a lot of money on three big time players that would be expected to to improve the team uh, 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 at the moment, they haven't. So that's a story for me. Ralph Radnick... Very opinionated, very well respected. Can he come into a big, big club, which he hasn't managed before, and make the changes necessary for them to finish in a spot where, I And mean, if they don't finish in the top four, that was kind of unthinkable. Absolutely unthinkable at the start of the season. So that, for me, is going to be the story that everybody, including us, are going to take a, a really close look at.
0: And to be fair, they have a couple of games in hand, don't mm. they? A couple yeah. of games in hand on Arsenal, who sit now in fourth. Leicester have
3: Liverpool.
0: Where did that come from?
2: <laughs> oh, wow, we didn't see that coming, did we? Um, wow, it's just, that's football for you. Um, simply put, as I can make it, Leicester took a chance, Liverpool didn't. Liverpool had better chances when you've got a penalty kick. Sadio Mane goes through, I think in the 55th minute, and blasts over the top. Brilliant, gilt-edged chances that we all expect. <clears throat> those Liverpool players to take, given the goal scoring they've managed this season. Leicester always had a chance. We talked about first half. They had chances to score a couple of goals in the first half. The way that Liverpool play does make them vulnerable to counter-attacks. And to be fair, for the most part this season, they've smothered them pretty well. But Leicester City today, first half, and on the back of some brave subs from Brendan Rodgers in the second half, Mm. continued to have opportunities. We'll take a look you know, what happened closer at the goal that they won the game with. But... Well done, Leicester. Liverpool didn't bring the
3: shooting boots today.
0: We'll talk Liverpool in a minute, but it's all mm. credit to Leicester City. Yeah. They will get the headlines, think... and they have to see this as a turning point, don't they? I
3: think it's important we do that, Rebecca, that we don't talk about Liverpool, yes, at the top of the table and how many points behind Man City. But we questioned uh, Leicester before the game. We questioned Brendan Lodge. Robert talked about, you know, do this team really roll the sleeves up and get in a fight? We can talk X's and O's and tactics board that we did and how they might get there, and that's important, but today they had a bit of spirit. When they were suffering, and, and I think it's 16 shots or something, 19 shots that Liverpool had in, in the game, they, they hung in there. The goalkeeper come up with some big moments for them and they, they found a way to win the game. Good substitutions that came on were better than Liverpool's, influence the game in, in a better way. And that's almost what Leicester have needed. Six goals conceded against Man City. Three-three last week when they should have won, probably the League up Then they go out on penalties. Today was a was a was a big test for the team, and you could see with with the fans and Brendan Rodgers how much it meant.
0: It's not been a brilliant season either in goal for Casper Schmeichel, but today, mm. tonight in this game, chaps, mm-hmm. you have picked him out as you said there for some brilliant saves. Let's have a little look at some of those moments. Of course, starting with the penalty that Mo yeah. Salah in the first half took, saved. It's coming in a second, yeah. saved by Casper Schmeichel, and then he couldn't the put it. In the penalty is the key
3: one, um, you know. 15 goals already, this guy. Schmeichel goes the right way. They get a bit of fortune that the ball sort of rebounds. It's a little bit high for Mo Salas ahead and he can't get the ball into the back that. And that was a big moment, robbing the game. And then he came up with another you know, couple of big saves. Yeah, he did. And I thought this was a particularly, particularly good save. I mean, quick
2: reflexes there to throw up his right arm to deflect it over the top. It continued throughout the game. Of course, they got something to hold on to at this point. And again, he's on his toes. He's ready. He had to go down with his feet to make that save. And others as well, by the way, yeah. that he put off the Liverpool attackers as I was about to strike.
0: So Jurgen Klopp, uh, very outspoken about player welfare, mm. about a congested fixture list. They had Boxing Day off. Yep. Kind of ironic.
2: Well, there's no excuses, by the way. There's nothing. We'll hear his words afterwards there, but there's no excuses. His team did what they set out to do, create the opportunities, didn't take them, and they, they got caught by one goal. Could have been a little bit more in the first half as well. So, yeah, I think sometimes you've got to hold your hands up and say it wasn't our day. We didn't play at our best. That was the story of the game for Liverpool for me.
0: We heard, we, we talked this morning, oh, where are we, it's five o'clock, yeah. this afternoon, yeah. um, about pre-game, Jurgen Klopp said, we cannot. We, we have to make sure there are no defining moments. Yeah. Today, they've got to make sure today wasn't. But it's six points now, Robert.
3: It starts to feel like it, Rebecca, and, and, and you could almost see the desperation in the end. You know, Alisson coming up, the corner kicks, the, the big efforts to go. That's, it. That's a, a massive blow for Liverpool, knowing that they're going to lose three of the players to the African Cup of Nations, knowing that they've they, they got Chelsea to come. That, that is a big, big blow. And, and, and also, I just think, we, we talked about, Michael, just credit a back four, Rebecca, of Thomas and Marty and Didi and Castagne, who held out the best Premier League attack, 50 goals Liverpool scored, four players who probably don't ever start in Leicester's best back four, have kept a clean sheet today.
0: Yeah, we said pre-game, didn't we? What would be the message to the defenders? And we all said best of luck, and they didn't <laughs> yeah, need it yeah. in the end. Yeah. Partly as well, because they had this man in goal.
4: Well, Casper, considering the defensive issues you've had this season, considering um, the opposition, where'd you place tonight and the win?
5: An important win, a very important win. You know, uh, the turnaround being so, so so fast. (laughs) Having a very difficult game two days ago, or one, I had done yeah, one two days ago. um, You know, to go out second half in the uh, in the previous game, perform the way we did, and then today, going in, you know, tired legs, tired minds, going in, putting in a performance like that. You know, it's, uh, it's a credit to everyone. Um, it's a credit to our mentality. You know, we, we haven't had it our way this season, I think. And um, the thing we always carry to ourselves uh, us, about ourselves is, is that we, we don't give up. We keep going. And, uh, and today that was that.
4: What was key to your penalty save? Because it seemed to give the whole stadium a lift once, once it had happened almost, some, some real belief. But what was key from your point of view?
5: Saving it. Saving it absolutely no, no, but, but no.
4: did you study have you studied most Salah's penalty no, no, taking it was an not instinctive
5: thing not at all yeah had a feeling went with it
4: yeah uh, and then when you see him following up with the header,
5: yeah, he's just praying. He's just praying. We know we've had, we haven't had that kind of luck. You know, I think uh, the last penalty I saved here at the King Power, the, you know, they scored the rebound, so we needed that little bit of luck, uh, which we got today a couple of times. But when you're up against an, an opposition that good, you know, you, you need that bit of luck. We didn't have it against City. We had it a bit today.
4: Was, was it almost the way that the manager had planned it? Obviously, be strong defensively if you can be, but then the counter-attacking, and obviously the way you got the goal
5: well i mean it's obviously an element of our play uh, something we know we can do we we want to try and and have the ball but in in periods against teams like like man city and liverpool there are going to be long periods where you don't have the ball so you have to have that threat on the counter um Addy came on fantastic Ke- keenan jewsbury hall you know great assist so um so yeah it's a it's a thoroughly Enjoyable win, um, and uh, now we just got to rest up and move on.
4: And what do you hope it can give your season? Because it has been a bit stop-start. Obviously, the European issue as well. So, what do you what do you hope it can give your season now? What, what's achievable?
5: No, I think I think for us, the the key this season is consistency. You know, we haven't found that consistency. Um, but I've said it many times before. The, the 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 thing about it is that if if I'm sitting back and, and, and analyzing us as a team, as a as a club, as a unit, and uh, if I was to sit back and think that we aren't doing enough we were not working hard enough then it'd be a problem but you know i can honestly say we're working so so hard on on every aspect of the game um and yeah we we we've, we've needed that little bit of luck today we got it so hopefully that can uh, that can kick us. well it
4: feels like a special night for your supporters well done thank you cheers
0: Let's go back upstairs then to Arlo and to Graham. Arlo, you said before the game, if it was 0-0, you'd eat your hat. You don't have to eat your hat, although maybe you should because arguably it's an even less believable scoreline. Leicester yeah. beating Liverpool. Get the hat off, start eating. <laughs>
1: I totally agree with you. I don't think anyone saw this coming. What a bonkers result, Graham. Even the Leicester fans leaving were just, they were throwing UK Christmas cakes, weren't they? They were. um, and, and they looked shocked and deliriously happy. I mean, what an effort. But for Liverpool, for a game of this magnitude, we were at Brentford earlier in the mm. season when they drew 3-3. Were there echoes, different scoreline, but echoes of that sort of performance? Well, the obvious thing, and we were speaking about this earlier, weren't we, the, the Salah miss against Br- Brentford, which could have put them 3-1 up and they ended up 3-3. And today, you know, not taking chances. Obviously, people miss penalties. That's, that's you know, uh, understandable. But the former Mane was saying before the game hadn't scored in eight in all competitions mm. and was looking for a goal tonight. And he's got that energy. He gets himself into some great positions. But I was really surprised he at least didn't force Kasper Schmeichel to make a save um, with, when he got put through. And it's funny, with, with any team... I think they've got so many creative players. The, the missed chances, you can always think, oh, we're going to get more chances. We're too good not to get more chances, and we'll score goals. We always score goals. And then suddenly the clock starts running down. Mm. Leicester score the goal. It gives them something to really hold on to and to believe in. And they did it, and that's the wonderful thing about football. You can just set up a a desire and a, and, and a, a team sort of shape that makes it really hard to break down. And then if everybody performs to the level at which Leicester did today, individually and as a group, mm. then you get these fantastic results that don't obviously, <laughs> don't do the league much good in one sense when you've got so something the title like all of six p- points behind. Yeah. Yeah. But my goodness, isn't it, isn't it amazing to see these, these results? How impressive was it from Brendan Rodgers and from the 11, then 14 players that, that, mm. that executed that game? Right? No, phenomenal. It was very brave, um, uh, plan, you know, to play two up front and, and Madison, so three really creative players in the team from the start of the match I think that set the tone for Leicester and then they got better and better as the game went on and then the substitutions, perfectly timed Tielemans and Lukman coming on obviously had huge influence in, in, in how the game played out, but, but all in all I thought they were fantastic to a man, I think Dewsbury Hall, best game I've seen him play, mm. probably the best game I think he would say he's ever played and, and the optimism from a Leicester perspective, despite all the injuries must be that unity and togetherness that desire, you can't you, can't, you can only encourage players to mm. be like that and they were phenomenal to a man tonight. Yeah, it's been a topsy-turvy season for Leicester City, but a big win for them against Liverpool, let's cross the other side of the ground and hear from defender Virgil van Dijk
4: Well, Virgil, did you deserve better or did Leicester just about deserve the win?
6: I think they deserved the win, Um, but it was obviously (laughs) down to us. I think we were um, poor, the last third in my opinion. Um, A lot of crosses that obviously they defended well. It was just overall uh, not a good performance and um, obviously they didn't create much, but they looked dangerous on the break, what they obviously good at. Um, so obviously credit to them and we have to look, uh, look at ourselves everyone has to look in the mirror and um, improve and uh, that's what we will do That's part of football
4: yeah it's so rare isn't it obviously Liverpool always score they have done always, always scored this season you miss a penalty well, the penalty is saved and then there are other chances as well. Was there was there a sense maybe that we will score and the, a, a complacency set in?
6: Well, yeah, you know, we uh, will we, we'll keep trying until the, the very end and we created a good chance, in my opinion. Fortunately, today was, was not the day that uh, it felt in, in, in the back of the net. Uh, penalty missed, yeah, could happen. Obviously, it's very disappointed for us. Um, but yeah, what I said, you know, it's, it's part of football. And we have to take take this with us and uh, be ready for a very big one on Sunday.
4: The decisive moment, the Lukman goal—a good goal—or should you have done better defensively?
6: As as a, as a unit. Well, obviously you don't want to concede at all. I think uh, he had a little bit too much space at first, and um, we let him, you know, get in his strength. He's a good dribbler. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, the goal went in. Um, but still, you know, we had, we, had, we had moments that we reacted, we had created chances and should have done better. But overall, I think uh, they could be, uh, Leicester could be part of their performance and uh, you have to give the credit, credit as well.
4: In the bigger picture, how do you view the gap now? Manchester City, six points clear, halfway stage of the season. How, how do you view the bigger picture of the title race?
6: What could we say? We're in December. You know, uh, the season is still so long... Um, Anything can happen. Still, we've seen it now. You know, with with the COVID, but also with injuries in, in teams. You know, things things can change. They've been uh, fortunate that no one obviously has has, has cases. But you know, we, we there's no point for us to look at them or look at Chelsea or look at the other teams around us at this point of the, in the season. And we won't. We 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 should look at our performance today and, and have to improve and take it with us to the next game. You know, it's it's. it's We we all wanted to do better today. That's that's a fact. Um, And unfortunately, we weren't good enough and, and and they deserved the win.
0: That's only Liverpool's second defeat in 28 games in all competitions. Having a little look here at the full match stats. Six shots from Leicester. Of course, the one goal, 21 shots from Liverpool was the final total there. Possession, as you'd always expect, Liverpool with uh, plenty of possession, 64% to 36% more passes as well. But the key one, of course, three points going to Leicester. Let's get the post-match thoughts of Liverpool manager Jürgen Klopp.
4: Jürgen, your captain, Virgil van Dijk, said Leicester deserved the win. Do you, do you agree with him?
7: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Told everybody from Leicester, from Leicester team, well-deserved was a very strange game we were tonight just not good enough it's it's strange that you still lose a game like this because we had enough chances we missed a penalty we had really enough chances we won especially in the first half enough balls uh, when they were from them when they want to play football and then but what we did then with the balls were just not right and so um, we played a really bad game and so yes well
4: deserved you, you so used obviously, to seeing Liverpool score what, what was missing in the final third what was it
7: decision making some maybe a little bit of luck here and there that's how it is sometimes there's an inch on the foot the ball is in or not um, but uh, we should have had more of these moments we had enough to, to score to win but we, if you don't use them you need more of them that's what we didn't couldn't do as well and then of course um, second half um, so I think we, we started okay then we, we lost completely rhythm. Didn't really get it back. But then they score, and then we are under pressure. And from now we force it. And apart from the last ten minutes, of um, a massive chance, obviously it was really good football when um, Sadio in front of the goal. But apart from that, it was then more um, like really force it with a set piece stuff like this, and we were free and had free headers from the set pieces, which we usually use as well. So yeah, there's nothing else to say. And with the circumstances, especially Leicester played two days ago, um, they deserve it absolutely.
4: What about the way in which Leicester were able to counter-attack and get the goal? Uh, that, clearly, that was part of their plan. Yeah, you would yeah, have seen yeah. that
7: must, coming. Must be completely, completely right. Must be. Yeah, it was a little bit like you, you could see it coming a little bit. They had one shot on target, um, so it was now not that they had plenty of chances, but um, in this moment they used. The, we lost the ball high up the pitch or didn't win the ball back high up the pitch should have done, then obviously defended better, uh, no doubt about that. We do that usually. Why we didn't do it today? It's really difficult to explain in the moment. Eh? So it's really difficult. There are so many performances below normal level. Um, how was that? No real explanation in the moment.
4: How, how do you, you then look at the table? Manchester City, nine wins in a row, they, they're on that superb run. The gap is six points. We're at the halfway stage, but some might look at that gap and say it's a big gap.
7: It is. It is. We will say it's a big gap. But it's look, you can imagine it's in, in this moment, the gap to City is not my problem. So if we play football like this more often, then we don't have to think about it. If we play our football, normal football, uh, Liverpool football, then we have a chance to win a lot of football games and then we will see where, it, where we end up. But for the moment, is, is this the gap not my main problem?
4: So the key now is how you recover from no, this?
7: recover, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We are, we, we, we have to... You, defeat is a defeat, a proper defeat. if You don't learn of it. So, and we have to learn. And we, we will the first thing don't do it ever again like this because we the, the, we had from a specific moment no rhythm and we we're not calm enough to get the rhythm back and it's our fault
4: thank you Jürgen
0: a very honest assessment there from Jürgen Klopp and the two main chances he's talking to chaps of these
2: yeah I just think you know two golden opportunities to score the first goal and the first goal was always going to be key in this game if Liverpool would have got it You expect Liverpool uh, Leicester's resistance to really fade at that point. There's a little bit of fortune that uh, Kasper Schmeichel talks about. You'd expect Mo Salah, the hottest player around, to score that. And then, you know, early in the second half, this chance. is absolutely spot-on ready for Sadio Mane to score it. His touch sets him up lovely. The ball's outside his right foot. He can go whichever side he wants. And he puts it over the top. The, you talk about defining moments in games in terms of Liverpool. Those two were it. Now, they had other opportunities, and Smarco made some good saves. But if you're having a day where you don't score one of those two, then you're vulnerable to the counter-attacking goal, which is exactly what happened.
0: He's such a classy manager. And when yeah. he comes out with that kind of interview, I'm just yeah. going to remind everybody: tonight, we just weren't good enough. Mm. It's strange that we're still losing these kinds of games. Yeah. It was a really bad game. I have no real explanation. You can't ask for much more. They're very, allowed a blip.
3: Very honest, almost like the words that you can imagine he's talked about in the dressing room, the reason why they've lost it, Rebecca. They've had 21 shots, still not been able to, to, to find the back of the net. And there's a hint of disappointment there because I think he realised how big this game was in the six-point gap against the Manchester team that are rolling along nicely. We know how they can go on long runs. That 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 will hurt him a little bit, and I just think as well, you know, all the talk that's been about, you know, the COVID and the, all that situation. It was time to get back to the football today. It was time to get the three points, and that hasn't happened, and you know, that could, that could be damaging.
0: Well, it's simplistic to say, but not only do they have to get better, they've got to hope that Manchester City drop.
2: Listen, it's it's tough to see City dropping too many points right now. I just think we're halfway through, hmm. Rebecca. We're halfway through. It's two results, six points. Um, there is a long way to go right now. You know, <laughs> I know City last year went on a phenomenal run at this point, mm. but that's tough to keep doing that. And, and they're going to have injuries as well. I just think it's not doom and gloom for Liverpool. They've got a game, a very important game. Their next game is Sunday the 2nd. Chelsea. Chelsea this, this away. This coming Sunday. Yeah, yeah this coming that, Sunday. That's huge. And that's the last game before, and they got a little bit of fortune there because the African Cup of Nations are OK mm. for players to be released on the 3rd, starting from the 3rd. So Mane and, and Mo Salah can play in this game. That's the game now. That's the one to react from that and see whether they can go again and and obviously beat a very good Chelsea side with Lukaku back in the mix um, and get back on track. But that's a blip. I like the way he was honest there, Rebecca. Mm. I said, like, let's see what he says.
3: Honest, hold his hands up. That wasn't their normal standard today.
0: The African Cup of Nations isn't coming at a great time, though.
3: No, um, and that's why they'll need to make sure they beat Chelsea Mm. and and keep a little bit of momentum in in the camp, and then they hope they can get those players back and still be in touch. I think that's the hope right now.
0: So Manchester City, eight points clear. Deserved, not glittering, as John Champion said, but that's a a perfect display Mm. in this run of fixtures. Just get the win. Yeah, Get out.
8: uh, I mean, when you look at... They weren't at their best. They lacked a little bit of a cutting edge. Yes, they were really good in possession and dominated that. But when we see Liverpool and Chelsea drop points, this is the time of year where it doesn't have to look pretty. Just get the points in the bag. And they did that.
0: And that's the difference, isn't it? That Liverpool don't play well, lose. Chelsea don't play well, drop points. Man City don't play well, still win.
2: Yeah, but um, they still played well. They didn't play great, but they mm-hmm. played super efficient. I mean, that's the way to kill a game with possession. Arsenal went there and lost. Yeah. Liverpool had this crazy 3 3 game. Man City have that outstanding ability to just keep the ball. And Brentford had very few moments, opportunities to build ahead of steam, to put them under pressure. The fans wanted them to. Everybody, you know, the manager, they just couldn't do it because having the football is king. And Man City are great at having the football. A couple of offsides, they might have got another goal. But 1 0, you didn't think they were going to let that go. And that's the sign of
8: how they can control the game.
0: Eight points clear. But not yet in 2022. Title race not over, is it, Tim?
8: No, it's it's not over. There, there's still head-to-head games, and I still think uh, it, City will drop points somewhere again. When you look at Chelsea, and Liverpool, they have to win those games. You know, when they come up against them. But you talked about the the, the possession as king. I'm so impressed with the way that they ne- they never feel as if they're too arrogant for a game. They go to Brentford, turn the ball ball turns over. They have enough defenders. Phil Foden sprinting back, Fernandinho sprinting back. And they're so drilled and dialed. Just one more, one more thing on that. We say so many times in
2: here that you've got to earn the right to yeah. play and you've got to meet fire with fire. I've said it a load of times. City don't. They're the only team I think they don't. They don't have to meet fire with fire. They don't have to match the physicality. They just have to play their game. Mm-hmm. And when they play their football, everything else gets negated. It's, it's special. It's different. We haven't seen that before. Um, because their football is so good, they don't need to be aggressive or defensively strong or... They just don't get asked that many questions because they have the
0: ball all the time. Yeah, deserved point for Brian to take away from Stamford Bridge. And by the way, that was their first ever league goal at Stamford Bridge. Their next six in all comps for Chelsea then. Liverpool, Tottenham in the League Cup, first leg. Chesterfield in the FA Cup. Tottenham once again in the League Cup for the second leg. Then it's Man City and Tottenham. Difficult run. Let's hear from Graham Potter. But first, Thomas Tuchel.
1: Thomas it was a great game for us to watch as a neutral but how frustrating for you not to come away with three points after going a goal up
9: very frustrating of course very disappointing because uh, we gave everything we have enough uh, enough big big chances um, to to decide the match and it was a very intense match we are yeah need another two changes because of injuries, so like in the dressing room they're like completely, completely exhausted it's the same subject every every single match day now and we have a horrible decision from the referee, it's a clear penalty for 2-0 uh, not even checked, so uh, everything against us.
1: What were your thoughts on their goal? Did Danny Welbeck just get a little bit too much
9: space? There's no space for him, there are two defenders, there's no space.
1: Um what do you think specifically went wrong perhaps in the, in the second half to, to let them get back into the game? Because we saw after half time, there was a lot more energy from them bringing the
9: game to you. Yeah, of course, we have two injuries again, play with the last uh, drop. We have players on who need normally to be out after 60 minutes. That's, that's the point, nothing else.
1: We saw Rhys James come off. What's the, the prognosis on that? Do you know yet?
9: No prognosis, hamstring injury.
1: Uh, and just looking ahead to that Liverpool game
9: on no, Sunday, crucial. No, need to, no, no need to look ahead against Liverpool. We can can try to find uh, players who are ready to play. And then we have no more wing-backs, We have uh, uh, everybody injured, and uh, players come back from COVID situation. And we're playing, playing, playing. And uh, I will always protect my players. And first of all, we need to now to digest this and not talk about next game.
10: A point, but I I suspect it must feel almost like a win, doesn't it?
11: That's a great feeling because I thought the performance was really, really strong from us. Um, Throughout the game, we asked the question of Chelsea, I think. They've got some top players and they're a top team, but I think we we more than matched uh, uh, the game. We put a lot into the game, so it's nice for the boys that they can get something from it. Mm.
10: Thomas Tuchel, when I asked him, I said was a point of a fair result. He didn't seem to think it was. What what do you think?
11: Uh, I, I can beg to differ.
10: Absolutely. And I'm worried about Danny Welbeck. He's obviously had his his issues, his injuries, and uh, terrific header.
11: Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, he's an important player for us. Um, Getting him fit and enjoying his football is important for us, but he's he's one of many players that we have. We've got a nice group, a nice togetherness that we fought all the way again to the end. Uh, You could tell in the stadium the crowd weren't so comfortable. I think, you know, when you come here, you need a bit of luck. Uh, They probably look at a couple of opportunities there to to maybe put it at 2-0, but good defending from us. And while it's only 1-0, you know anything could happen.
10: And how important could Danny Welbeck, a fit Danny Welbeck, be for you?
11: Yeah, of course. I mean, um, as I said, uh, uh, a Danny that's enjoying his football, that's fit, that's firing is important for us. The more good players we have, the better, and Danny's a top player. A couple of incidents
10: for the goal. Um, I know Neil Mopai thought he was maybe elbowed by Lukaku. What, what did you th- see of it?
11: Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. There's a lot of, uh, t- you know, wrestling in the box. Uh, obviously, everybody's checked it. They, it, it. they didn't see it, so that's we have to deal with that. And the challenge of Rudiger down here on on he was given a yellow. Was that sufficient, do you think, or should it be more? No, I think it was. Uh, luckily, it was on the side. I think it was. If it wasn't on the side, I think it's more dangerous. But I think on the side, it was a bit high, a bit. But I think yellow's fine.
0: Tim, let's get your opinion on the Veltman on Politic penalty claim.
8: Well, I, I agree with Robbie here. Once a contact is made from Veltman, it's a penalty. It's a clear contact on Christian Politic. But I think. What gets him, what gets away, he gets away with is the balls behind Christian Pulisic here. The balls behind him. And I think the referee sees that and and, and in the end doesn't call the foul. I do think it is a foul, clearly. Normally,
0: Thomas Tuchel's very verbose in his post-match interviews. Not so much in that one. What did you make of what he said?
2: Uh, He's incredibly frustrated. I think it's pretty obvious. Everything he says now is around the schedule. And the injuries, and we don't have five subs in the Premier League right now, which I tend to agree with. But it's the way it is. He's talking about more injured players, and it's by the way, every club's going through difficulties with the virus and playing all these games, um, and it's not ideal. I look at his bench there, Rebecca. It's full of first team players. It's full of first team players. So now some of them might be carrying stuff. I get that, but I think I we I think most people really have enjoyed Thomas Tuchel being in that Premier League. But just recently. You've got to get on with it and stop feeling sorry for yourself. It's not ideal. Other teams have the same situation with European competition. International's going to go away and everything else. So the frustration's starting to show. We saw a little bit in the highlights there. even going crazy on the sideline. And it's interviews as well. The frustration is growing in this guy.
0: Jürgen Klopp is very frustrated as well with the schedule and with the COVID situation and with the injuries. Sounding very similar to Thomas Tuchel. If you... If you're a player, does that negativity seep into the dressing room? Because is there a correlation between the fact that Chelsea and Liverpool are stuttering a bit and both their managers are complaining?
8: Well, that's where the man management comes in. Because a lot of times, as he said there, he'll protect his players. So oftentimes when you have a rapport with your manager, when you have a relationship with the team, he'll come in and say all the right things. And then when you go out on on camera, he'll he'll, he'll tell us what he thinks by protecting his players. And as a player, you think uh, he's being clever here. But... In the dressing room, as long as he's not giving that vibe out, I think he should be, they should be OK. But it, it is a
2: valid, valid question. It's a great question. Yeah, of course. Because I think we see that many times, Tim. We did a thing with Newcastle United with the, uh, the top 30 moments where he, he lost it and the yeah. players lost it. Kevin yeah. Keegan, you mean. Kevin Keegan lost it, sorry, sure. for, for Newcastle. And I think there is a little bit that does that does give them a slight out. Well, you know, we, we we're playing all these games and yeah, yeah. just to take the focus, the mind off of the game and, and being consistent. So I think there's something in that. Yeah.
0: Let's talk about that performance then under Ralph Ragnick, as Jim Pradford said that on com- there on commentary. Clearly, the best day yet for him.
8: Mm. Yeah, the best day yet. I, I was we were looking for a reaction. Mm. It was good for me to see. You know, you're hearing about morale being low. I didn't see it. Um, Rumors of clicks forming, didn't see it. That that felt like a really good performance. More than that, I talked about at halftime, the light bulb looking like it's going off with some of the partnerships and the players. That felt good to me as well. Uh, overall, obviously, playing at home, you want to entertain the crowd. They did that. So, yeah, well done.
0: Talking about the system, so mm. you still felt he went with the four-two-two-two, yeah. but at times he definitely got more width, didn't he?
2: Yeah, I, I think he did. Do usually with, with Ragnik, we know we know that he loves to get his width from the fullbacks. Now he was getting the width today from Luke Shaw, who was going forward from left back, and what you would see is wan just took in near enough like a central midfielder alongside Matic. and then what you had then at times on the right was Sancho keeping his width, so he was still getting he was still getting his width, but what he today what looked a lot better was the defensive. Organisation, And I think that was to do with Matic, who I thought was outstanding, which then in turn allowed McTominay to get forward and go and shine as well. So a lot of positives.
0: Matic, of course, getting on a little bit in yeah. years. What happens if he can't play every game? He,
2: he's not going to be able to play every game. I think... What today has shown is that Matic is probably the best player to partner, whoever it is who's going to be playing alongside him. But what it also shows is that Manchester United need a young, disciplined defensive midfielder.
0: From Burnley's perspective, it's just a case of, forget about it, move on. We've got much more more important games, really, from those around us in the league to play.
8: Yeah, I don't think there's any throwaway games. Certainly, Sean Dyche wouldn't say that. But these are the, these are the games where you try and give a good effort, give a good account of yourself. And they did that. They had a few few half chances. But this was, wouldn't be a game where I think we're going to get three points. That is to come for Burnley.
0: It was in decent form, wasn't he, Scott McTominay, in this one? So since the firing of Oli Gunnar Solskjaer under both Michael Carrick and Ralph Ragnick, it's been unbeaten. Six games played, four victories, two draws. Let's hear from Scott McTominay.
4: Scott, the win was important, but is that your best performance under Ralph? Um, yeah, probably first half as a team,
12: I would say. So, yeah, I feel like we were still a little bit flat second half for whatever reason. I don't know, we need to get that, that for a full 90 minutes, which I don't think we've had many times this year. But, yeah, as I say, we're learning and adapting and the, the, the game against Newcastle was... Difficult, you know, so we have to bounce back from something like that. I think the manager said that we set a record for the most amount of turnovers in in the league for a long time. So that message was clear, keep the ball better, forward passes more, all the the rest of it, what the manager wants. So I feel like the first
4: half was, was positive, yeah. He wanted more energy. In particular, what did you find in the first half?
12: Yeah, I feel like there was more energy but goals help energy obviously goals help energy obviously if we we bang two or three against Newcastle in the first half I feel like the whole team gets more energy so goals putting in the back of the net is so important and for us it's it's learning and adapting I don't think we've been we've good we've been good enough over the course of the whole season to be fair so now it's time that we start really stepping up and, and doing much much better and the manager is so demanding and his coaching staff as well that, that we have to there's no other choice we have to step up you play for United it's the only way well, you started the ball rolling. First goal of the season. Have you been working on your shooting? Yeah, obviously, a lot of the times this season I've been a little bit, little bit deeper last season. I could get to the box a little bit more and, and stuff like that. Today it was more. I was saying to our new stay, but yeah, it was, I was struggling this morning before the game to, to actually play. To be fair, so managed to pull through. Well, what was up? My right foot. Oh, okay. I <laughs> looked alright tonight <laughs> after Newcastle, but no, I'm fine. Recovered well, so yeah, we've got another game in. You in, got uh, the one. You days. could have had three. Yeah, I know. Normally, when it was the same against Leeds, I could have had three or four against Leeds, and obviously similar tonight. Their goalkeeper made a, an amazing save for for Cristiano's goal, and, and obviously the one in the second half was was a great save as well. But no, as I say, it's, it, we're all learning, we're all adapting. We play for United, we, we're dominant, and we need to, we need to get results,
4: and that's simple. The, the smiles are back. There were questions raised about the team spirit, about players arguing with each other at Newcastle. Is that was that a fair point?
12: Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so. I feel like the the whole reason why the, the performances at this point against Newcastle was the turnovers. It was it was, it was a simple frustration. Exact. I feel like off the wall against Newcastle, we weren't as bad as what what people are saying. Obviously, body language is one thing, and the manager's completely come and cut that out. And he said he wants no more. So that's that's final. All the players are firmly taking that on board, and it's important that we do. You're four points behind Arsenal now, who
4: are fourth. You've got a game in hand. Is fourth the minimum?
12: Yeah, listen, obviously it's the old cliche, but new managers come in, it's it's different, we're adapting, we're learning, we don't want to look too far ahead. Obviously it's such a cliche thing to say in football, but the next game against Wolves is more important than, than anything that we've got on our minds at the minute.
4: It's fitting, I suppose, that a Scotsman on the eve of Sir Alex Ferguson's 80th birthday <laughs> helped, helped uh, well, a win for Sir Alex tonight, I suppose. Yeah, legend of the game, obviously, got a lot to thank him for, so happy birthday. Do you get him by present?
12: Well, I might have to get a win. win. Yeah, the win. The win will do.
0: Well done tonight. Thank you very much. Nice one. Lovely stuff from Scott McTominay there. So Manchester United, as he said there, four points behind Arsenal with a game in hand. So fourth is in their sights. Elsewhere, you can see the eight-point lead at the moment that Manchester City have, and they play first this weekend, which could mean an 11-point lead over Chelsea by the time Chelsea and Liverpool play on Sunday. Let's take a look at the bottom half, shall we? How are Burnley doing? Well, they're still in the bottom three, of course. They've played 16, others around them have played 17, 18 or 19 games. So they also have plenty of time, plenty of games to close the gap. It's just a two point gap between themselves and Watford. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now.